just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. The Miami Dolphins have proven once again that you just never know what the offseason is going to bring. The news breaking this morning, less than 24 hours after the end of the regular season, that they have relieved head coach Brian Flores of his duties. What the hell's going on? We're going to talk about it. We're Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to Locked on Dolphins. This is your host, Kyle Krabs, uh, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Touchdown in Philadelphia this morning on my flight home from The Rock last night was at the game. And um, imagine my surprise to turn my phone off airplane mode and have a nuclear bomb of notifications on my phone because Brian Flores, a few minutes earlier, it had been announced he had been relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins after a 9-8 and campaign, which was one year after a 10-6 and campaign. And uh, there's obviously a lot of Dolphins fans that have a lot of questions. And, you know, thankfully we, we have some quotes from Steven Ross that we're going to get into today on the show. But I want to make sure everybody knows that this episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. Holy cow. I left the stadium last night saying there's no way you can take an eight and one stretch to close the season, beating the new England Patriots, sweeping them for the first time since 2000 and not say, okay, Brian, let's get serious about fixing your offensive coaching staff. We're going to throw the bag at some guys. We're going to get some established coaches in here. And if you don't get this offense thing figured out, then we're going to have to have a hard conversation after 2022. Nah, they said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you what, I will read the official statement from the team because I think that gives everybody, if you haven't seen it, if you don't live on social media, which I think is uh, very easy for for somebody like me who's so plugged in on this kind of stuff to to take for granted, uh, here's the statement that was issued from the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins announced today that head coach Brian Flores has been relieved of his duties. Flores completed his third season as head coach with a record of 24 and 25. Quote, I made a decision today to part ways with Brian Flores, said Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. After evaluating where we are as an organization and what we need going forward to improve, I determined that key dynamics of our football organization weren't functioning at a level I want it to be and felt this decision was in the best interest of the Miami Dolphins. I believe we have a talented young roster in place and have the opportunity to be much better in 2022. I want to thank Brian for his hard work and wish him nothing but the best in his future. Flores was named the 13th head coach in team history on February 4th, 2019. He began his coaching career as a special teams assistant for New England from 2008 to 2009. In 2010, Flores served as an offensive assistant and worked with special teams. He spent his final eight seasons in New England coaching defense. So... I think we need to get this part out of the way. Brian Flores was not a perfect head coach. There were flaws with Brian Flores, just as there are flaws with all of us. 
Um, and, and the flaws that existed with Brian Flores were the things that we saw manifest themselves in the one and seven start, right? A lot of confidence in coaches to develop players, but yet those coaches themselves were inexperienced in critical spots and it created some critical warts on this team this year that prevented them from living up to that potential. Because I think if you had better offensive tackle play and you invested in the running game appropriately, um, this is a team that probably would have had a little bit more balance, could have won one or two more games, and we'd be getting ready for a playoff game. That didn't happen. And the fact that the Dolphins have had this revolving door, one of the things that's been rumored and reported about Brian Flores, and maybe this is the kind of thing that Stephen, that Stephen Ross is talking about when talking about key dynamics of the organization aren't functioning at a level that I want it to be, is Brian Flores has reportedly, rumoredly, been somebody who's been tough on his assistants. And I think you see some of these assistants, and we talked about this in the one and seven start, some of these assistants, they... uh. They're leaving for the same job somewhere else. They're not even taking promotions. Patrick Graham, after 2019, left the team to take the same job with the New York Giants. Marion Hobby, the defensive line coach, left the team to take the same job with, I believe, the Cincinnati Bengals. There were coaches that left this organization to go do the same thing somewhere else for a team that seemed like, on a surface level, they were building positive momentum, going in the right direction. Um, you take that dynamic of Brian Flores and you foil it with the offensive instability that has existed. And I think if you project that forward, I do think that that is one of the areas where I can see what the argument was. And we talked about this back in October as well. Who are you going to hire? You know, they, you brought in Jim Caldwell, had medical issues took a leave of absence, fired Chad O'Shea after the season, hired Chan Gailey to go all in on Ryan Fitzpatrick. You make a quarterback change that Chan Gailey doesn't know about until he finds out on the news as it since came out. Uh, he talked about that this summer. You make a quarterback change. Chan Gailey is not privy to the decision. Uh, so it feels like, you know, when Chan leaves at the end of the year, it kind of felt like, okay, was there an alienation there? And then you think about this weird offensive coordinator search that kind of just existed but never finalized for three months last offseason. And uh, what you end up with is co-offensive coordinators and a quarterback's coach who technically for the first month of the season called the plays, uh, but did so with just two years of college play calling experience. Um. And if that was what you could get this year, was the issues that existed and, and was the dynamics that existed with Shane Gailey, did that impact your ability to attract quality candidates to take the job? And if that was always going to be a problem, if that was always going to be a sticking point for you as a head coach to find somebody legitimate to run your offense for whatever reason, then that can be a case that could have been made for this decision to be made. Here's what I will say. I personally would have preferred to retain Brian Flores. If the wheels would have fallen off the bus, if you didn't have the run that you had to close the season, I would have understood. Not an easy decision to make. But this, 
off of this stretch is what makes it so surprising. And hey, I am in support of not avoiding change just for the sake of not avoiding change. But as I said on the the show last night, this is a team that's won 19 games in the last two years, which is more than they've won since 2002 and 2003 in any two-year stretch of the organization. Amidst the flaws, they were still winning football games. They were really close to postseason two consecutive years. And I get it. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So nobody wants to sit here and get that consolation prize. Cool. Um, I can't help but feel like the next step for Miami is probably going to be an offensive geared coach. And that is one of the biggest worries that I have with a decision to change is what the dominoes look like for the defensive side of the ball that very clearly gelled. They came together. You got a lot of really good young studs. The good news is I think a lot of these guys are multiple. Uh, I think they can be able to translate into a scheme that maybe doesn't ask so many different concepts out of their defense. Um, but there's another storyline with the Brian Flores dynamic here that I think we're going to have to get into, and it's it's the quarterback position. And we're going to tackle that, uh, but not before. Tell everybody it's a new year, right? Which means it's time to start thinking about your taxes. Life changes are exciting, but they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving rideshare after your nine-to-five job. Maybe you work in one state but live in another, so you need help reporting your income. Turbo, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you could talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house, whether you got married, had kids, changed careers. TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax. The quarterback position has been... Something that um, feels like it's been a bit of a divide. And I go back to what when Jeff Darlington, the phenomenal reporter, went on the Ryan Rosilio show and um, talked with Ryan Rosilio. And he, he described the Brian Flores and Tua Tungvaloa relationship as he likened it to the, the Tim Tebow, John Elway relationship. Uh, and said that that Tua was not Flores' guy. And we've heard that reported, that Brian Flores was not necessarily somebody who was a was fully committed to Tua Tungvalo in the pre-draft process. And I think if you see how he handled Tua with the quarterback rotation, the bullpen thing last year, um their kind of persistence in letting the the rumors, they never really put those out. You could see it kind of felt like they were keeping Tua in arms like the way. And I'm not going to get into the dynamics of Tua and his long-term forecast today. That's not what today is about. Today's about if there was a divide that happened within the organization because not everybody could get on the same page and fully buy into him giving him what he needed to develop him, 
this could be another reason why. And, and I had heard, you know, even before you could tell that there were deep-rooted problems and and kind of a wedge that existed, uh, that Brian Flores was a pro Justin Herbert guy. And you've heard this report. It's kind of intermittently sprung up in a couple of different places over the course of the past year or so. And uh, it had been something that I had heard privately as well. And I don't really get too far into the rumor mill or reporting news or anything like that. But that sits in the back of my mind, and I can't help but think. Uh, and that was one of the questions that Stephen Ross had asked. And, and he handled these questions today, and he was directly asked about uh, both Tua and if they were going to make another run at Deshaun Watson. Uh, when asked if he was planning on another Deshaun Watson deal, Stephen Ross said he personally did not personally intend to, but said it will be up to the head coach what he does with quarterback. It will depend on the next head coach and the direction he wants to take. Okay, so that leaves the door open. Um, so if you're if you're looking at Brian Flores as a head coach, he's defensive minded head coach, which has set this defense up wonderfully. But I do think we can all look at the offensive side of the ball and understand there are coaching concerns. There have been talent prioritization concerns with their offensive line criteria and how they approach the running game. And then uh, you have a dynamic where you have a young quarterback and he's, whether intentionally or not, um, not given that player the backing that he needs and i see the comments we're not talking about Tua's prognosis as a player right now we're not we're just talking about why what variables existed that possibly could have led to this decision being made and um i think that that's probably enough in the mind of stephen ross if that was the case to make this decision and go ahead and say, you know what? These are the uh, organizational issues that I don't think we're working well uh, to win consistently at the NFL level. Here's what I will tell you. Brian Flores is going to be a very highly coveted head coaching prospect. And the pressure is now on the Miami Dolphins to knock this hire out of the park. Because we should not gloss over the accolades that did exist amidst a flawed environment and significant offensive issues. Um, this is going to be really difficult transition. And, and I am worried about what that looks like from a pro, pro personnel perspective. Now, what you can now also do is take all your preconceived notions about what's going to happen with players like Emmanuel Agba and Mike Kosecki, you could throw them out the window. It's impossible to tell. I was leaning towards Kosecki being gone because it didn't feel like there was the, mash, the meshing of what they wanted to do offensively, they being Flores and his greater imprint on the team and Mike's strengths, felt like there was a bit of a divide there. And if Brian Flores is having his influence and his ideology that he received in New England, one of the ideologies that they have is they don't pay their edge defenders. 
right? Man, Yogba's been a phenomenal player here. But if you have this concern that you're not going to pay because we don't pay defensive ends because that's not a thing that, that we did where I came from, then that's another possible concern that could exist as well. And I'm not saying these were the variables that Stephen Ross used to make his decision. I'm just trying to make sense of the decision just like everyone at you guys are. So I think there's enough kind of context clues here if you look below the surface level or look below the record, right? And the record was something that that I have been excited about seeing Miami have more success than they have recently. Would have liked to have seen an opportunity afforded for them to follow that up. We're not going to have that opportunity because this change has been made. This is, there's no going back from here, right? If you're trying to go back or go from point A to point B, perhaps I could interest in get upside listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up using the get upside app which you can download in the app store or google play right now use promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank People who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back. There's no catch. Cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card, such as Amazon or other brands. Just use the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown. We're all looking for an edge, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gambling and betting site, giving gamblers the edge and providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. OnlineGambling.com is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. You can visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. So here's some things that we do know. Uh, Stephen Ross also in this exchange uh, said he is not going to be going after Michigan's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, quote, I have no coach in mind. We are going to do a thorough review and interview process. I love Jim Harbaugh. He had the opportunity once. Uh, before to come to the Miami Dolphins, but he's at the University of Michigan. That's the school I graduated from, and I'm very involved in that. I'm not going to be the person to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. He's a great coach. So tomorrow on the show is going to be dedicated to offensive or, or to head coach candidates. I mean, that that's welcome to a brand new week of offseason content. That was not what I was planning on doing at all. But there are a couple of names in the comments here that I, I want to acknowledge uh, as we try and piece this thing together. When we were in the lull of one and seven, Doug Peterson was the name that was on the top of my personal list. Um, off the Andy Reid tree, a lot of West Coast offense concepts, a lot of RPO principles. Had success in Philadelphia, won a Super Bowl there, experienced coach. I think that's an important layer to whatever direction you go. 
Adam Gase was a first-time head coach. Joe Philbin was a first-time head coach. Tony Sperano was a first-time head coach. Cam Cameron was a first-time head coach. Like, go through the gauntlet. You've done first-time head coaches for 20 years. I would love to see somebody who doesn't have to learn on the job and make mistakes in the way that Brian Flores learned on the job here by leaning into inexperienced coaches too much is and crippling his offensive side of the football and then be like, oh, well, gee whiz. So past experience is a possible booster for me. Would like to see it. But the other name that I've seen here in the chat is Eric Bieniemy, And he would be a first-time head coach. But I think if the Dolphins were to go out of their way to hire Eric Bieniemy, I think it would tell you quite a bit about their intentions at the quarterback position. Because remember, Eric Bieniemy was the name that the Houston quarterback kept pounding the table for for his organization to interview because he wanted him to be the coach. If you make this transition and you hire Eric Bieniemy, I think that tells you quite a bit about maintaining the appeal to said player that Stephen Ross said, I'm not going to go after, but that's up to the head coach. I also think it's interesting that he told everybody that trading or not trading for a quarterback would be a decision for the head coach. And again, that goes back to people, you got to understand, Chris Greer's a collaborator. And he went way out of his way to buy into the principles that Brian Flores had brought with him in the T-building process. And uh, I guess that's the last thing that I would leave you with is when we were in the midst of the one and seven start, I looked at a couple of the other processes across the NFL and the NBA. Sam Hinkie and the Philadelphia 76ers. Sashi Brown. Cleveland Browns with Hugh Jackson. A lot of times, the individual you bring in to undertake such a dramatic overhaul and rebuild, they don't survive that. And it becomes somebody else who springboards it and takes it to the next level. And that seems to be what Stephen Ross is hoping comes with this change. Will it? I don't know. And I'm going to have to see what they choose to do with the head coaching position before I can get on the fence one way or another. But uh, I hope this exchange was helpful for all of you. There's exponentially more of you here than I've ever had before. So um, it's great seeing all of you. This is not how I planned on spending the first day of the offseason. Um, but Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. Uh, we will be tackling a bunch of storylines. We're obviously going to have a bunch of storylines. We're going to have a head coach. He's presumably going to bring in a bunch of assistants. We're going to have to get into what kind of systems they run and, and what existing players on the team fit that or don't fit that. So if that feels like it's up your alley. I would cordially invite you to like the video, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and hit subscribe to locked on dolphins um, five days a week. And, and possibly like this week, because this was unscheduled, uh, we'll be doing six or more. So a lot of content ahead this offseason. I'm going to be there with you guys every step of the way.
Uh, and we're going to work our way through this transition together. And hopefully we come out on the other side of it better off. But uh, I- I'm skeptical right now. I'm going to need to see what their thorough process and assessment looks like and what conclusions they make. Fins up. You guys make it a great one. Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, Kyle Krabs, come on back. See me again soon. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there.